0: This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. But I'm excited about this series. I'm excited about the re- the, uh, the revival, you know, coming up. So please, please, please make plans to attend into the bulletin There'll be some information each week about that, but I want to go ahead and dive right in today on this week two of this crazy faith series that we're in. And there's a couple of different scriptures we're going to go to. There's not one particular main passage for today, but what, I, what what I want to do today, okay? What I want to share with you isn't anything new. You're not going to go home today and say, "Wow, Pastor you just blew my mind. I never knew that." Okay, this things, and it's it's very it, it's sometimes really good for us to have a good reminder about just who God is and how awesome that he is and what he does for us. What did you what I want to do to this one is I simply want to build your faith. I simply want to encourage you to not give up. I want to encourage you not to quit and there's a chance that you personally might not need this message. You this week might have been amazing. Everything could have lined up perfectly and I'm telling you came into church today with a smile on your face like nothing wrong and God is just blessing me completely but let me tell you something there's some people out there that maybe even are here this morning that might even show up tonight that don't quite feel that way and God can very well since he can use anybody might even use somebody in this room to bring encouragement to somebody else's life so that's what I want to do I I want to remind you today of how good God is is see there's a mindset that i believe that's kind of creeped into the church and not just not 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 just this church i mean and not even just the church of god i'm talking the church the whole church and the mindset is i want to believe in god you know but (laughs) there there's times where i want to believe in god you know but this has happened. This is going on. And, and, and there's a lot of people that want to believe. They would love to believe, but there's some ceiling. There's a hurdle that's keeping them from believing. I was watching a, a video the other day, and it was a Bishop Tim Hill and, uh, and uh, Doug Small, and they were kind of talking. You know, If you don't know Doug Small, Doug is the prayer coordinator for uh, the Church of God, an amazing man of God. And they were talking in front of a, a Cracker Barrel, which I very much love. It's, a, it's an amazing place. And they were in front of this uh, cracker barrel eating, you, you know, and they had just eaten their food, and they walked out and they began to just talk about the Church of God. And, uh, you know, a Bishop Hill went over to, uh, to, 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 uh, to, uh, to a Bishop Small and he said, Tell us what you have found out about the first church. And what's happened is, uh, you know, a Doug Small went back to the records of the very first general assembly that the Church of God ever had. And what he found was something that speaks to me. And he said in the first general assembly, they set forth a motion that if every church and every home would do these two things, that God would miraculously move in their life. He said, number one, that every church would have a prayer service. And that every home would have an altar. (laughs) And I want you, because I want to put that statement in bold letters and flash it everywhere that I can. Because every church should have a prayer service and every home should have an altar. Because everything that we do, it should be designed around this concept of prayer. And I believe that, that if prayer is a priority, then faith is easier to have. Because here, 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 here it is, sometimes the strength of our faith is dependent upon the consistency of our prayer. The strength of our faith is dependent upon the consistency of our prayer. If I don't pray, then, then it's hard to have faith. No wonder the church of God decided that those two things would be pistons that drive this movement. And I believe it's the very thing that will drive this church. That if we can have a prayer, and I've been convicted, I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? I've been, so, I felt so bad because, you know, we, we have this consistent once a month prayer night. And in my prayer in the, over the last couple of weeks as I was praying for this a revival that we're going to have, I, I, I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me and said, but Chris, it's not enough. It's not enough just for once a month. It's not enough. That's why they said that every home should have an altar because there comes a time when for some reason schedules happen and things happen that we can't be in the house of God, that we always have somewhere that we can pray. And that if I'm supposed to have this crazy type of faith to believe that God can do anything, then then maybe I fall short of that type of faith maybe because I'm not praying enough. And so today I want to remind you of that, that prayer is necessary. Now there's a lot of people today that would say there's no way God does not exist. Why should I pray? What's this thing called faith? What's the point of it? Even some who have grown up in church who maybe grew up and believed in it at one time, but somewhere along the line there was a crisis of faith where something happened. Someone did something. They were hurt. They were upset. And they said, I want to believe, but I just can't anymore. I want to believe, but you don't understand what I've been through. And today I want to speak to to both groups of of, of people in this room. One who, who just absolutely know God. And they pray, and their life is good, and everything's great. But I also want to speak to those that maybe, just maybe, you've said, I want to believe God, but. And so as I was kind of putting together all these thoughts, I thought about this. I don't know about you, but I don't believe that people are rejecting the God that we're about to talk about. I think they are rejecting this distorted view of who they think God is. And so we're going to talk about that today. You know, Megan and I, when the kids are asleep, we love to watch TV shows. We, 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 we binge watch shows. It's just something we love to, to do. We've got episodes like Hawaii Five O and Blue Bloods. I'm telling you, they're awesome, right? You all have those shows. You watch those shows. We live in a, in, in a world now that, that some people call the on-demand generation. And here's my thought with that. You've got things like Amazon and Netflix. You don't, you don't even have to go outside the house in order to rent a movie. You can do it inside your own home. So it's on demand. It's, every, it's everything I want right then, right there. I don't have to wait for it. I don't have to work hard to get it. It's just right there. And, and it's almost as if people today, this, uh, this, uh, this, this uh, distorted view of who God is, they, they feel like they serve an on-demand God, that whenever they want something, they can just have it. And we've lost the value of being patient on Him and waiting upon God for the right timing. And so we serve who we think is this on-demand type of God. And an on-demand God is great until the on-demand God doesn't do what you ask Him to do. And then we have this thought, well, I want to believe in God, but. Because we don't get the answer right then. And we don't understand, we can't comprehend why this God who, who loves us, why this God who did everything for us doesn't answer it right then. And I want to talk to you about that, that because I, this common thought that I hear over and over again is, Pastor, I want to believe, but I've prayed he'd get rid of my depression. I've prayed he'd he'd get rid of my anxiety. I've prayed that my son would come back. I've prayed that my marriage would not fail. I've prayed all these things, but it's not happened yet. So I have a hard time believing that God's real. And that's what happens because there's no, we talked about last week, faith. The confidence of, of things hoped for. The assurance of things not seen. When you've lost your hope, there's no assurance of what God's not, not you know, you've been able to do yet. And see, what happens is we have to have hope. We have to be confident in what God told us. And we have when we have confidence in that hope, then we can be assured that God's going to come through for us. This on-demand God, it's the false you know, assumption of who people think God is, what we have to do is make sure that we understand where we fit in this thing called life, in this world, in this larger picture. And if you're taking notes today, I'm going to make this really simple point, and I'm going to talk about this throughout the entire message, is this right here. God doesn't exist to serve us. We exist to serve him. And we'll say it again because I want us to get that because that is the main You won't get anything else in this message until we understand that point. We, God does not exist to serve us, yet we exist to serve him. He may answer prayers, and he will because he loves us. That's the type of God that we serve. But his highest calling is not to do what we think he should do. God does not exist to serve us. We exist. We have to recognize that if you're reading the Bible, we are not the main characters of that Bible. God is. God's the main character. It says that He is the potter. We are the clay. It says He is the vine. We are the branches. God is the creator. We are the created. We need to understand that He is Lord of all and we are His servants. We don't, we don't serve an on-demand God. He doesn't exist. We exist to worship Him. Then you say this morning, Pastor. If that's not the type of God we serve, then who is He? Who is this this God? And I want to unpack this thought for just a moment. And there's three different uh, different things that I want to talk about of who God is in us. And I think if we can understand these concepts and live out these concepts, then it'll be easier to have that crazy type of faith. And number one is this. God's heart is always loving. His heart is always loving loving his heart. If you are parents, you know, or you've been parents, if you are a grandparent, let me tell you two things that I know about you. Okay. Number one, there's never, ever a time when you don't love your kids. There's never a time when you don't love your children. There's times where you don't like them. There's times where you wish you could trade them in, but, but there's, there's never a moment where you don't love them. The second thing about them that I know, or about you that, that I know is that You don't always do what they want you to do, even if you have the power to do it. Kids, and even Aiden's getting to that point. You you know, I tell him every morning, you know, Aiden, do you have everything that you need? Do you have your backpack? Do you have your homework? Then he gets to school, and he don't have it, and I get a call. Hey, Dad, I, 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 I don't have my homework. Well, it's too bad, son. I told you to get it. And I'm trying to instill something in him because I'm not going to do everything for him in that moment. Well, uh, Dad, will you help me with my homework? Well, sure, if you didn't wait until midnight, right? Okay, so there's things that we're trying to instill into them because sometimes I'm trying to uh, develop something in them rather than doing something for them. I want to instill. I I always love them, but I don't always do what they want me to do in that moment. We've got to understand that God's the same way. God's not going to always do what we want, even if we know that he could and believe that he should. And even when he doesn't, it doesn't mean he doesn't love us. He's, he's always loving. He always has our best interest at heart. As, as a matter of fact, the first scripture for today, Romans chapter 8, we're going to put it up on the screen. I want you to see this because, because, because Paul says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship shall a persecution famine nakedness or dangerous sword I mean and i want to take this passage i kind of want to update it to where we are today what shall separate us from the love of christ shall money problems shall relational breakdowns shall not having a job shall cancer shall being depressed should any of that keep us from god's love and what's the bible say it says for i am convinced." That neither death, nor life, nor neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, neither any of this, height or depth or anything, shall separate me from Jesus Christ. Nothing in this world can ever separate me from the love of God. So I have to know that my God is an all-loving God, even if He doesn't answer my requests right then. Too many times we get mad at God. And we have a little pity party and we pout because God wants, and then my kids do this. They stomp their foot. I said, God, why didn't you do that right then? He said, because I love you too much. Because I love you too much. And see, we did, we, we don't realize sometimes, but see, when, when, when my kids, they want this video game and this video game and that video game. And I said, no, how about this board game? Well, no, dad, I want this video game. Why won't you buy me this video game? Because I love you too much. Because I don't want you to spend all your time here. I want you to learn the value and the concept of this. And that's what God does. He comes to us and he says, son, I need you to understand something. I can't do this right yet, but I'm going to do this right here because I'm going to instill something in you instead of doing something for you. God's love is always there. He always loves us. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Not a single thing. <laughs> Number two, his ways are always higher. His ways are always higher. This is hard for me sometimes to even preach. And it's hard for us to understand that his ways are always higher than our ways. And I want to unpack this thought for just a moment because as a pastor, sometimes I, there, there, there are different times when somebody will say, well, why did this happen? Explain this. Why did this happen to me? And I got to tell you, when I don't understand, I don't make up some, some lie. I'm going to tell you the truth and say, I don't know. I just know that God's ways are higher than my ways. I don't know. There's so many times where, where things that are above my pay grade, where I take faith in God over wisdom and my limited ability to understand why is a child born handicapped? I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that. Why does somebody die before they should? I don't know. I can't explain that. Why does this happen? Why does that happen? I don't know, but what I do know is that God knows best, and His ways are higher than my ways. Now, that doesn't make the situation easy. and it's, it's hard, and it's tough, and you've got years where you're praying through things, and I get that, but I have to hold on to this truth. Where it says that for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. I take comfort. I take comfort and recognize that God is wiser than I am. God's wiser than I am. And he is already in tomorrow. He invented time. I told this to our class Wednesday, you know, he's now ne- he's never late because he made time. It's true. He's always on time because that's the type of God that we serve. He's sovereign, working in all things to bring about good. Sometimes we don't see the good in that moment. But we have to understand that even through that pain, even through the turmoil, that God is still going to at some point turn all of this around for my good. I have to understand that I am limited in knowing some things that God does and I don't even begin to explain what He does. All I know is that He's not an on-demand God. He doesn't exist. His love, nothing will ever be separated from the love of God in my life and His ways are always higher than my ways. And the number three, and I want to stay here for just a moment because this one got me nothing was separate from the love of god his ways are always higher and number 3 god's presence is always enough god's presence is always there comes a time i'm going to make you a promise if you'll go beyond what I call complacent Christians, which, which, which you kind of go to church and go through the motions, and if you will simply, truly pursue the goodness of God, if you will truly pursue Him, when you get His character, when you get to know Him in such a way, that years from now you'll have the deepest assurance, the assurance to believe that God can do anything. Is that not faith? The, the confidence what we hope for the assurance of what we cannot see when you have assurance he's your rock and you're able to say i don't have to worry about what will happen to me because my god is with me when you have the assurance i don't have to worry about anything why because my god's good and it's simple as that that he is a good god he's a good god and see this right here is the posture that King the King David had when when he talked about the intimacy of trusting God when things don 't make sense for a moment, you might think that King that King David had everything and everything was easy. Let me be honest with you, okay this man was on the run, he cried out to God probably more than any of us put and put together you know he 's saying, why are you allowing this?" you God why are my enemies coming and doing this to me God this isn't fair I thought I've done things the right way why do I feel this way he had more dark valleys than I could ever imagine but what did he say in Psalms even though I walk through the darkest valley I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they shall comfort me and see we've got to get to the place in our walk with God that no matter what happens no matter what or we might find ourselves in no matter what situation that we are in where we say I will fear no evil why? because through, uh, through it all you're with me you are with me even though I walk to the place where I could die even though I walk to the place where there's no nourishment even though there are people that are out to get me even though I walk to the darkest point of my life I will not fear Because his presence is enough. His presence is enough. I' to share a story with you. I love to hunt. It's so much fun. I enjoy it sometimes more than anything else. I, it's relaxing. Get me to the woods or a lake, and I'm good. I just love it. Give me a rod and reel, put me in a deer stand. Don't matter. I find comfort and peace in those moments because there's nobody there's no distractions. There's nothing that is distracting me in that moment. I can just simply just enjoy God's creation. And that's something that I love. And there's times in my life where I feel that ministries kind of outgrown outgrown my capacity to do it by myself. And I need help and I get overwhelmed and I just have to get away. And it's it's amazing to me what just a cold, brisk day out in the woods can do for somebody. I love it. I was out there one one day, one morning. We got out about an hour before uh, daylight. And um, just cold morning, had my jacket. It was really cold. I had to have a heater. I mean, it was cold. And uh, I'm out there, and I didn't see a thing all morning long which is common, and I go back in, I eat lunch, I get nourished, and I go back out for the evening hunt, and the driver took me to the deer stand where I was at, and you got to understand, it's miles away from the house. There's nothing inside. It's just trees, me, my gun, and then deers, okay, and I love it. And I went out there, and I saw some doe come out, and it, it, there wasn't anything large enough to shoot. And there were some turkeys come out, and it wasn't turkey season, so I had to hold my excitement. And uh, there wasn't a single thing that came out the rest of the, 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 the day. Nothing was there. But I just felt peace. Well, then, if you know anything about time, the daylight turns to darkness very quickly. And it came time for the dark to come and the hunt was over and I got a text from the driver of the truck that he was on his way to get me. So I packed up my stuff and I went to grab my flashlight, which I had so amazingly left inside the truck. So I didn't have it. So I was like, well, I can use my phone because this amazing technology. Now you have a light on your phone, except it was dead. So I'm climbing down the, uh, the, uh, the, the stand. I knew he was coming. I knew the truck was coming, but I got down and it was completely dark. I could not see from here to the pulpit. I'm talking completely dark. And do you know how quick peace can turn into fear? Because all of a sudden, in that moment, I forgot what I had in my hand. I forgot the very thing that could protect me if something had come. You could hear some uh, coyotes out in the background. You knew that wild so we're on the property somewhere. But I was down on the ground, nothing around me. I can't see a thing. I know the truck's coming, but I can't see it yet. So all of a sudden, this fear overwhelms me. And, and in that brief second, I forgot that I had everything I already needed to keep me safe. But let me tell you something, how amazing it was when I saw the headlights of that truck coming. Because all of a sudden, from peace peace, to fear and then very quickly fear back to peace because i saw something coming towards me that could help me and see there's too many times in life where we get stuck in the darkness and we forget that the very things we have in our hands is already what we need to survive God has already equipped us with what we need to overcome fear, yet we allow the darkness that surrounds us to keep us from getting that. But it's amazing when you see the light at the end of the tunnel, when you start to see that answer coming your way, how quickly that fear can turn to peace. And it's in that moment where you realize that His presence is enough because the very presence of that truck coming towards me fixed everything. Too many times we allow the darkness to overwhelm us. And we forget that He's already given us the rod and the staff, that they should comfort me, that I don't have to fear any evil. Why? Because He is with me. Somebody say amen. (laughs) You see, I I have realized that sometimes things have to go dark for me to seek light. (laughs) Does that make sense? Sometimes I realize that I can see the presence of God into the valleys better than I can up into the mountaintops. Because when I'm up into the mountains, I'm thinking, "Well, everything's just so great. I'm not going to. I need to pray anymore, right?" God said to pray in the valley, to pray in the mountain, don't matter where you you are, pray. Because if I'm going to have a crazy type of faith to believe that God's going to come through in me, if I'm going to have confidence in that hope of what God spoke to me, if I'm going to be assured that it's going to happen, even though I don't see it yet, then I have to, in my valley and in my mountaintop, pray to the God who can answer my prayer. And if He doesn't do it right then, guess what? He still loves me. He's still, he's not forgotten about me. He's not lost my prayer note that I sent up. It's still right in his ear. And when the time is right, God answers. Let me encourage somebody this morning. You might not need this word today. You might not need a single thing about this, but let me tell you something. You might come across somebody that might be on some hard times, and you need, to, you, you need to be refreshed and reminded that his love never fails. That nothing can separate the love of God. That even though storms come, his ways are higher than my ways. And even through all of that, when I just don't feel like going on. When I don't feel like going another day. When I just can't do it anymore. His presence is always enough. You don't realize how many days I've been on my face in tears crying because of something that's happened, or somebody's done something, or this is that, and this is, it's, it's, God, I just, I need to block it all out. I'm tired of issues, I'm tired of problems, tired of dealing with this stuff. I just need you. Do we ever get that way? Where I'm tired of these bills, I'm tired of this, I'm tired of that, tired of busyness, I'm tired of all, God, just close everything off, and let me just see you. Let me just see you. And I've realized that when I get in those moments, I can have some music playing. And I'm talking to God. And I'm reminded of his love for me. And, and uh, brother Moore, when I'm reminded that his ways are, I, I, he's much wiser than I am. And when I realize that his presence is all that I've ever needed. Then Hannah, I'm okay.
1: Even when I don't
0: understand. God said you didn't have to understand. You just have to know that I'm there. I don't know who I'm speaking to. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning. God, you know who's here. Can we just take a moment and soak in the presence of God this morning? God I thank you Jesus God recognizing who you are and I thank you for all that you've done Father we seek you today we thank you God that you don't just prove your love for us by doing what we want but you proved proved it God by sending your son God I ask in these next few moments Lord that you do a healing work in somebody's heart right now. As you're kind of praying right now, nobody looking around, all eyes closed, all heads bowed. How many of you would say, Pastor, there's, there's a situation right now, I'm going through something right now in my life, and I don't understand. I don't like it. I wish something was a different, and I really would love for God to just do something about it. Would you raise your hand? My God! One, two, three, four. I can't count. There's hands all over this place. Father, I pray today for miracles because you are a God who often does miracles. Pray for no. Pray for for blessed. A protection I for heat, brokenness I pray that God you pray God that somebody who needs to overcome for those who feel alone for miracles big God we believe that you're a big God we believe you're a As we're praying, if you raised your hand, I want to ask. I want to invite you to come to this altar. This altar isn't a place where magic happens. This isn't magic. This is the very presence of God. This is the presence of God. And I have found that His presence is enough. Fear. His presence. We believe in the altar. We believe in a time of prayer. And I want to live what the church of God does. Many, many, many years ago, that every church would have a prayer service, and that every and today I'm declaring this as a house. This is a house of God, and there's an altar, and we're going to pray, and we're going to believe God to come through for us. So, if you raise your hand and you need this power, this healing power of God, would you please come? And you would? Would you you let us pray with you and believe with you that God is going to come through?